Uh, so at this point, we move into level one, which I love for this to be more conversational than, you know, churchy guys up there talking. Um, so if you guys at any point have, you know, things that you want to interject or like to ask questions or whatever, just let me know. Um, over the next, I think, five-ish weeks, we'll be going through a little book I wrote some time back that I thought would get me killed. Uh <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah, sorry, the power button's in the back, right? Um, surprisingly, it, uh, at least out of all the books I've written, this one has gotten the most uh, more like positive reviews online. Um, but for me, I, I'm a sci-fi fanatic. I don't know about you guys. I know we were just doing fantasy more than sci-fi, but uh, uh, growing up, I just watched a ton of sci-fi and so I always had, like, questions about, like, you know, are there aliens? Would God make any more out there? And if you're like me, when you grew up in church, if you ever asked that question, it's like, nope, it's just us. Shut up about it. You know, <laughs> I remember we were out in the um, a field looking at all these stars one day with a church group. And, and uh, I just heard someone behind me say, so what do you think, aliens? And immediately the other person was like, Nope. <laughs> like, like, just shut down. No more conversation whatsoever. So, for me, uh, at the time, I was learning a lot more about science and really kind of falling in love with God through science, which for a lot of you, if you know me, that probably sounds like a contradiction because I'm always talking about the Holy Spirit engaging in supernatural terms. So it's like, what, what are you talking about? You can't... Because the dichotomy that church has taught most of us today is like, you can have one or the other, right? You can have... The Holy Spirit. <laughs> I think the video game is still running. Uh, if you do, you can just pull the power on the uh, Super NES. Sorry. Otherwise, we'll listen to Mario RPG while I talk the whole time. Yeah, I just pull it forward. There it goes. Um, but yeah, I was always taught you could have one or the other. You know, you can have science or you can have supernatural, natural, supernatural, or... Uh, you you got to decide on, on one side. So what I was finding, though, in my life was the more I learned about science, the more I was actually feeling like God was kind of like teaching me a lot about him in that time. So I'm curious with you guys, have you ever had an experience with something scientific, whether you learned something or something like that, and somehow it felt like it brought you closer to God or opened you up to him in a different way? So you agree? Hmm? Yeah, well, yeah, so you, you might have, you know, these moments of, that might make you think of God in a, a different way, but more like, like for me, um, when I started looking, I really, in science, one of the things that I loved the most was astronomy, the more like realizing how giant the universe is. Subtitle of this book was The God of Two Trillion Galaxies, because back in 2016, they were trying, someone was trying to divide like how many galaxies there were. It went from a few billion to two trillion, you know, when he was dividing all up. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, like, I remember I was preaching, I used to preach like, you got all these stars up in the heavens just for you. God made the night look so shiny, you know. And I was like, wait a minute, two trillion galaxies, you can't even see most of that. So it wasn't made for me. <laughs> so why, why is that out there? Um, and, like, that's just a moment to realize, like, how big God is, how much bigger he is than, than I had realized. So something like that. If you had a moment 
an encounter with science that made you think of, led you towards God on a deeper level? But I'm super heavy in the fine arts. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about composition and the math behind like audiology, yeah. thinking of how our ears work and how our brains process like information of sound into mathematics and then we calculate it and oh, an A440 sounds beautiful to us, but there's a lot that goes into that more than just a tone of how our brain comprehends that, how it travels through the air, how it, it's so complex and it goes down to be so basic and simple that it's, it's overwhelming to me to just try and even think about that. And then I just have to realize like, wow, if something as small as me just making a noise is so complicated. I mean, there's just too much for me in that to not feel like there. This isn't an accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in that moment, you know, when you realize all that, there, you're just like, for me, that's just a noise, but so much more going on in the background to cause it. God, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something kind of similar, like to do with art and stuff, um, like. We learn about, well, in college I was in art. We learned a lot about like different patterns and not only like in art, but in nature, like just like natural occurring things that are just absolutely insane. Like there's, um, what's that? Like the Fibonacci sequence and all that. And like, it goes into like different patterns in nature and stuff. And like, they all add up to be this like equation. It's just insane to me to think about like uh, different, like how meticulous how particular is. and like and we specific don't even think about it we just yeah. there's so many people that think like oh yeah well like this just happened and i'm like how can you believe as a scientist that like something this meticulous just happened yeah it's it, I'm it like, is, this it's is so like, complex that like it would take yeah. trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of chances and only one of them would be correct. Mm-hmm. And for all of them to be correct enough for us to be alive is, it is impossibly unfathomable. Yeah. I mean, there's for how been, big that number would have to be. Yeah. There's definitely been times where science has like made me doubt and question too, but I think that's good because like it mm. made me dive deeper and try to like figure out for myself what I believed, so. Yeah. And, and in the end, I ended up, like, strengthening my dates. So. Yeah, I was, I think, the same for me. Like, I was never, like, super doubtful as I kind of got more into science. But I will say, like, uh, at least churches that I grew up in, like, if you believed in evolution, you were a heretic. You know, you could not be a Christian and believe in evolution. So when I came, because that was the way I was taught, when I started to study this more, like, you know, I had to come to terms with, first off, is there a way that I can think both of these things? And understanding the Bible and how it's written um, has helped me with that a lot more. We talk about uh, evolution in a much later session. Um, but yeah, that was able to like help me start to understand both God and science. And for me, it was like, okay, so, you know, if if science, if I believe in God and science, then like when I'm looking at a way in which he's created, I'm not becoming like less of a Christian for knowing this. I'm actually like 
I'm growing and understanding his wisdom and, and I, I can take more away from that. Yeah. Do you view um, creation as a scientific act or a supernatural act or a combination of both? Um, so, yeah. That's so, really loaded question. Well, it's a much later question where we'll dive into it more, but for like a quick peek at the moment, I have no problem believing God could create the world by his words, right? Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. that doesn't... Do you think it was more of less... Um, it just happened sort of thing like it just bang like it was just there as soon as he spoke it or do you think of like almost like a i don't know i think of like a cgi of like someone like creating something that's beautiful and it's like pixelated and then it becomes like this thing where it was like it was a seven day process if not i mean we don't really know the whole time scale if you want to get into like no i i mean i got i have no problem believing that god created the world through evolution yeah uh, for those who refuse to believe it, I have no problem with them believing he spoke it into being because I believe he has that power. I just don't think what we've learned shows us that that was the particular way in which he took it. In the end, for me, it's not like I don't think you're a Christian or not a Christian based on what you do with the Genesis story, um, though the themes have to be essential. You know, there is one God, one creator who's made all things. Uh, so there is the invitation to that. But I believe God has the power to speak things into existence and that he does that in other places in the Bible too. You know, Jesus tells someone to hear, they're restored, not just supernaturally, but scientifically, their body is restored. But yeah, so uh, for me, I've done, I spent a lot of time over the years spending a lot of time in Genesis, so I could go a lot deeper into that. And if uh, we do want to talk more on that later, that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of themes in which the way Genesis is written that the writer is especially getting at. And if, you know, we were to go an evolutionistic route, there would never be a scenario that I could imagine in which God would dictate to the writer, here's how this works, because it's in an ancient culture that would never understand it. some extent, it would lead them to um, probably even worse understandings of worship, you know, like... Oh, I came from a gorilla, therefore gorilla is kind of a god, so I praise the gorilla. You know, like, there's a lot of misunderstandings that telling an ancient culture evolution, how that would work, would totally mess things up, too. So, uh, but I am happy to talk about that more, and we do have a whole session devoted to that. Um, But a lot of what goes through my mind for today is just starting to understand the more that I come in contact with... uh, just God working through through science, the more I sometimes come in contact. So like uh, with, is it Kylie? Carly. Carly. So like Carly was saying, like just understanding how the mind works with music, uh, a lot of that's for me with nature. I find God in nature in a scientific way. So one of the easiest times I can often feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to me is if I just go on a nature walk somewhere. You know, I'll walk through a forest. I'll look at a leaf for a second and then I'll be like, that's crazy. That leaf, just insane. You know, like <laughs> it's it's all designed. They all look very similar, but they're all very different. And they lead to this tree, and the tree's got all these crazy roots. And that tree over there is like that tree, but completely different. This all sounds stupid, I know, but like that starts my scientific talk into this place where I finally hit this wall where I'm like, man, this is crazy. It's all the same, but it's different. It's just hard to believe that this is here and I'm in a forest, you know, like if you don't take care of 
mowing the lawn, like this is what happens. It just explodes into life everywhere. And eventually my mind just ends up like seeing God behind all that, you know, like it's just too incredible, too complex, too, too insane where I'm just like, man, God is, God is so much more brilliant than anything we could ever imagine. And I listen to the birds sing and they catch my attention. A lot of times I don't get that in the city, you know, I grew up in a village, then moved to like suburbs of Detroit (laughs) and then moved to the country and then moved to Jackson. So like I've had my share of like, ah, the stars. And I've had my share of what are stars? You know, (laughs) there's times where I want to go outside and shoot out the streetlight just so I can see stars again. Um, I remember last time I went up to our cabin just to kind of spend some time in nature and engage God. Like while I was there, um, I was going on this prayer walk and I had it in my headphones listening to some worship music. And when the song ended, like there was this recording of birds for like five, ten minutes. I'm just like, when does this end? This is so long. These musicians were bold to have this in here. And I took off my headphones. I was like, oh, those are actual birds, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're so loud. They were getting through my headphones into my ears. I thought it was part of the track. I'm like, oh, yeah. Nature, right, you know, and then I just like set my phone down on the ground and hit record and walked away so I could listen to birds continue singing later. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, when I came back and listened to that recording, suddenly I heard in the middle of this um, country area, your plane flying through the recording, cars miles away driving by. Uh, We're just so disconnected from nature now. Sometimes we don't have those moments where we engage God and, and just finding him in those spaces. Uh, but a lot of worship songs even that I've written, I find one of the constant themes throughout it is is, is uh, nature. Like it just starts with, look at this tree. And it's like, I praise you, God. You know, like it just keeps evolving in this way to like find uh, nature as a way of, of turning me towards God. And that may not sound like science, but for me, you know, like, Nature is this physical thing. It, it starts taking me there. Now, uh, on another scientific edge, as far as nature goes, though, some people, I think, can go too far with nature. I've heard uh, uh, that God's got his first book, the Bible, but then his other book, the book of nature. And there's lots that you can learn from nature about God. I think that's true because I believe God made nature right. However, the Bible is clear that nature's messed up. Um, that God made nature and he made it good, right? He makes all these animals and they are tob and they are good as the Hebrew word. He makes people and they are very good. They're very tob. Uh, and that word tob um, for good, it's not perfect. Uh, that God makes things good, which means they're, they're pleasing and they're morally created in a way towards goodness instead of badness, if you will. Um, but they're not, they're not perfect. I know we have this narrative today that like I am who I am and who I am is perfect and I don't have to be anything different and uh, God loves me just how I am. Of course he loves us just how we are, but um, how we are is we were made good in his image uh, and we were not made perfect in his image. What we do with who we are can change things. The Bible also talks about like after Adam and Eve sinned, the world gets cursed and now childbearing is going to be worse. So nature has upped its course a little bit. It's not as it should be. 
people will die now. They don't have access to the tree of life, so things are a little harder there. Uh, God says that the earth's just going to produce tons of thistles and thorns. Apparently, it wasn't supposed to do that, at least to the extreme that it has. Um, so the world is, even nature itself, is off. It was made good, but it wasn't made perfect. And now it's, to some extent, fallen from goodness. Paul actually tells us that like nature's waiting for for uh like the resurrection life it's waiting to be revealed because then things will finally be restored and nature can get it back together again c.s lewis talks about how at that point like we'll see nature in a newer light it'll be like knowing our old friend but more redeemed or or better i'm i'm misusing his words but he kind of goes that route so um this is where science i think can get twisted uh because there's a lot of assumptions about I think a lot of times since we focus so much on science today uh, we base like what's wrong and right based upon what science shows us but from a biblical standpoint God was saying like look nothing is as it should be right now things are off not just us as people but uh, from from a natural perspective too things have been thrown off see you Carl I think you see that too sometimes when we're born you know like not everybody's, um, we get born with disabilities. We get born uh, with all these kinds of handicaps, you know, like uh, from original Eden perspective, that was not the hope. There was this hope for, for life and, and life in a more abundant way. Uh, so all that being said, um, well, to summarize what I've talked about so far, Science is great. It leads us to God because I believe that God made science, right? This is where I think the church gets real messed up is like they get so anti-science. 30% of Americans actually think science conflicts with their religious beliefs. So it's like, oh, no, I don't care if you can prove any science over here. That's not God. Satan must have made science or something. I'm like, okay, that's, (laughs) that's heresy, right? There's only one God, one creator. He's made everything. So... For me, it's the more we study science, the more we learn about him and the way in which he's worked. And uh, there's a lot of great theories out there that you actually find came from the church, from people who believe that, that when we study science, like the Big Bang Theory, for example, oftentimes always gets attributed to uh, Newton, right? Einstein. One of them big wigs. The Big Bang Theory was created, was created by the Catholic priest. Well, yeah, but gets attributed to oh. someone else. Darwinism, sort of. Yeah, but Father Lemaitre, who was a Catholic priest, was the one who discovered the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so he, he went and tried to break into a conference where one of these big wigs was talking to explain this, and he didn't care at the time. So he went home defeated, and then a few like months or years later, someone else discovered the same theory that this guy had already been talking about years before. So like there are like even, you know, in the very traditional Catholic church, you find out that some some of the most uh, like well-respected theories out there today actually came from from Christianity. And these are people trying to pursue understanding God better through the lens of science. Yeah. Um, What is there one thing like, or one thing that you can think of in science that has like, challenged you to 
or challenged your faith and like mm. made you dig deeper to try to figure out how to reconcile that with your faith? Like the, the bit, first thing that comes to your mind. First thing that comes to my mind is evolution. Like, I understand when I say that I even give any thought to it. Like, that's a huge bomb for a lot of people because it was a huge bomb for me. And for me, I was sitting in a doctrines class with Ken Brewer at Spring Arbor University when he's like, all right, where's everybody stand on this? I'm like, it's creation. God created the world. He's like, all the scientists I know who are Christians say that it would be evolution. I'm like, well, first off, I didn't know you could be Christian and believe in evolution. Secondly, yeah. Secondly, in that moment, I was like, why do I think I'm smarter than a scientist? Like, these people have spent their whole lives studying this. And I'm like, no, trust me, I know. You know, like, that, that was a, a pride moment for me to be like, okay, I need to think more about this. And then it took me years to come to it. In fact, one of the saddest songs I've ever written, it's not about evolution, but it was about evolution when I started it. Then the song evolved into something else. But <laughs> when I started, <laughs> when I started, the lyrics were like, I'm depressed, God. I don't know what to do with trying to match you in evolution. And now I do. But that was like between Ken Brewer's class 10 years ago and now. <laughs> That's a long evolution of time <laughs> for me to evolve into a different. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that, that's just one. There are others I could get into, too. Yeah, Tyler? I know we're not wanting to like get into this topic right now, but one of the things that like challenged me with science and everything, still like I go back on all the time and try to read and understand more, um, is our culture's interpretation of science, and specifically dealing with um, the LGBTQ plus community um, and science regarding those topics. It's really hard for me to sit down and say, like, like, Scientifically, like this is accurate, but then there's two sides of that scientific argument, right? Mm -hmm. And I constantly have to go back and forth on those, and back and forth on my Christian, like on the Christian part, and then I have to go and balance both of those upon each other, mm -hmm. um, because on, on both sides of those topics, like um, is like let's say like um, being trans, um, like is it scientifically? Is it like, are you sane or is that considered something um, that should go on the DSM? Um, you have to balance those scientific arguments on top of each other and then go back to, to the Bible and everything. What does that even say about this and why does that matter to, why does that matter to us? And those kinds of things, it took me so long to process how to even, like, go about, mm -hmm. like, answering that for myself. You know what I mean? I think that's, like, I think that's good, though, like, that you're at least like looking into it because I feel like that's more than most people will do because most people will just like dismiss it and be like at least in like a lot of Christians that I've encountered yeah we'll that's just, something that like the yeah. traditional church will just neglects. dismiss but I think, I think like yeah. being able to say like I struggle with understanding this but I'm trying to understand it and like figure that out in my faith like that speaks a lot to like that's a good stuff yeah yeah, yeah. And that's the other one I was going to tell you, but <laughs> since evolution was the first thing that came up. <laughs> yeah, so like, that's same with like that. It's a controversial topic, and sometimes it's hard to like, yeah. really like voice your opinion. You well, any of you who come to dinner church know that we serve LGBTQ people here, and we're very loving and friendly with them, you know, like, we don't uh, see anyone differently because of that. We are a free Methodist church, and we do feel that that's not something that should be acted on but it's the same thing for me I've read a lot of books on that topic and tried to like understand you know like scientifically there's conversation about well dolphins seem to 
go with uh, homosexual instincts sometimes, things like that. That's where the first part of the scientific conversation for me, like I do have to remember the world is not as it should be. And that includes not just humanity, but nature itself. Um, you know, from a biblical standpoint, animals shouldn't even really be killing each other. We shouldn't be eating meat. <laughs> that was something that was extended to us as a grace after Noah, right? Like now you can eat animals. You guys are never going to go back. You've had the taste of a burger, you know. Um, but... Uh, that's also what's been really helpful for me is knowing a lot of the main themes that the Genesis creation story is saying to the culture that wrote it is the very fact that God comes and hovers over water is the understanding that the world is chaos, disordered, messed up, and, and has not been rightly ordered at all. What is the most central theme to the Genesis story uh, is partially that, yes, there's only one God who has created all things, but it's also huge about the fact that God ordered the world because that's what you did in ancient Near Eastern creation myths is the God would come in and put things in the way that it should be ordered. So any ancient Near Eastern person that reads this, they see, okay, so here's this thing. This is how God ordered it. The ocean is not a part of order. God pulled land out of the ocean. He put animals in the ocean. That's part of order, but the ocean was already there. That was chaos. That's why in Revelation, Revelation says in the end there will be no ocean. It's because God's finally done away with all chaos, all everything that is unordered, right? So when he brings out land and he brings out order and then he creates these animals and this animal and this animal and then humanity and humanity is now like the chief of all of this and God says like this is my image. The rest of this is not, but this one gets something special in the created order. Uh, part of the created order and this would have been very loud to ancient people, is part of the created order is I've created man and I've created woman, and they are what come together. And when Jesus is asked later about divorce, Jesus' answer, which is interesting, is, well, how did God create the world in the first place? And then Jesus goes on to say, one man, one woman, and his point is like, they didn't get divorced. But while he's stating like there was no divorce, he's also stating um, that it is man and woman and that the way in which God ordered it in the first place is the way in which God wants it to be. Because anything outside of his order is chaos. It's returning to the sea. Uh, and those themes I could go forever and actually have in other books. Um, uh, but there, there's this huge theme throughout the Bible of chaos and order. Paul gets in, in, in it big time all throughout his writings. One of his well-known sayings about the church, how should the church work? It should be decent and in order. Why in order? Well, because God creates order, and therefore we need to try to bring things into that. So from a biblical perspective, I know that's not a scientific perspective, but from a biblical perspective, there's all that. It's also a lot of grace there, too, on LGBTQ conversation. And one of the first people to get saved in Acts is a eunuch which is basically like transgender of the time, you know? Like, and it's not just like this person was like saved while they went through town. It was the Holy Spirit said, Phil, go save this eunuch. <laughs> Philip goes to save the eunuch. And then an angel shows up and he's like, Philip, you need to go save this eunuch. Like, that's all God very intentionally sending someone to an outcast, to a eunuch, someone who has been like at the bottom of the social ladder, probably has developed 
different sexual identities or differences just from the fact that they might have been castrated at a young age, which can cause a man to develop breasts and bigger buttocks, things like that. Like it turns you more feminine and all these things. So like you see God enter that mess, right? Like I think just by God sending someone to a eunuch, he's like entering a huge mess. Like, hey, church, not only are you bringing in people on the outside of the Jewish faith, you're bringing in like, you know, people that you'd never thought that you were going to reach out to. Um, so by all means, there's lots of grace and lots of space to work with God on that. Um, but the Bible often likes to point back to Genesis, what was order as God defined it, not what is order as humanity defines it. So that would be, that's <laughs> it was a completely different conversation. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> I said we wouldn't want to get into it. <laughs> Yeah. Because, I mean, there is a lot of, like, scientific mm. evidence that points to, like, a very, very long history of... Yeah. Like, and I, I would just point back that I think there's lots of ways in which we are scientifically born not as we should be, you know. Uh, even just from, like, a heterosexual sex drive if someone has like a big sex drive you know like from a christian standpoint it's not like well you just have sex all the time but from scientific standpoint you have a huge sex drive so it's okay you know instead it's about letting the holy spirit bring us into what we should be i think not even on that topic like Hmm. just in general like as you're saying like obviously nothing is the way that like god necessarily intended it to be so that doesn't just apply to like that applies to everything like any yeah, and one day it will be. Fortunately, uh, that's what creation waits is for the res- restoration yeah. of it. Well, quick on that, that, like that, we are born like a lot of us are born in ways that we not we originally should not have been. Like it's against the natural order, like the way God intended, sort of thing. Mm. I think it's likewise. Like we have this like idea of like it should be this way, but I think it can be instantly damaging for any of us to think that we can change that according to our own will like how we can restore god's order as per by our judgment that is not the case it is completely up to god so to think that like according to our own will we can try to restore things that's not up to us um so yeah just quite a quick note there i guess yeah well i would suggest that the holy spirit working in us can help restore us to order but it's not just like you can toss a lot of these things out you right. know Someone who is mentally handicapped doesn't just like, I will fix this. Right. You are mentally handicapped. Holy Spirit could fix it. Most likely, you don't usually hear a lot of stories where he does, right. uh, but you deal with what you have as you move forward. I know we are past 8 o'clock. If anyone has to go, totally fine. Since we are conversing for a bit, though, we'll leave it open still. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know there's more to that whole conversation as well. I know when I was a kid, I had a moment where I was attracted to my best friend who was a guy, and I felt so overwhelmed that I went and told his mom. <laughs> I was like, I just feel like I need to tell someone. It's bubbling up inside of me to say it. I think I like your son. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But here's the thing: like, I'm today. I'm totally straight. Yeah. I'm I'm totally I'm totally straight. At that time, she was like, "Shut up! I don't want to hear it." You know, uh, today she would have probably said, "Well, you should embrace that and think a bit more about that," which would have set me on a different trajectory, 
I think for sure. So I think there's more of the conversation too than just science, but by all means there's science there as science has shown. I just don't necessarily think that science is our end all to conversations on things like this. I, I would turn that over to Jesus to tell us who we are and, and all that. And at least on that conversation, like there's a huge promise in the Old Testament where God like looks at the eunuchs and says, because you've given up so much for me, you are like my real children. You get even better than everybody else in the end. And like, I think that for anyone who's ever decided, man, I am LGBTQ and there's nothing I can do about this, but I've decided to not follow that for the sake of following Jesus. Like they get that promise, you know, like that's the eunuch promise right there. That's, that's I huge. Think like, um, I mean, not to go off on a whole other tangent, but on the topic of like identity too, like I think that it's important that like regardless of what you, your sexual identity may be like, I think the bigger like theme or like thing to learn from the Bible is that like your identity is in God and like you're still a child of God no matter what. Yeah. So like that's like kind of the more yeah, important for sure. part of like who you are, I guess. Yeah. Well, I hope that was more helpful than damaging or anything like that. <laughs> Feel free to talk to me otherwise. <laughs> um but yeah, that, none of that was in my notes either, so thanks again, Tyler. You're welcome. Uh, but that's why it's important to pay attention to these conversations um, and continue to talk, continue to learn. Uh, you know, I've read books on that subject where I don't always agree, but at the same time, it's like made me more gracious and taught me to think harder and not be... Uh, fed information but to figure it out for myself and things like that so uh okay um so yeah uh hey i posted first off i do have two copies if you actually would read it i'll give it to you if you won't then i'll keep it you want it i literally was going to ask you where you buy one well you can take that uh if any of you also you can do whatever you want yours PDF is on our Discord channel. I have audiobook codes to it as well. I'll give that to you, and you can listen through that. That's totally fine. Um, just know, like, it's completely yours if you want it. I posted on our Spiritual Conversations channel the order in which I'm trying to go through this. So if you do listen through it, I know you're already through half of it, but you may be, like, way ahead of me, and I know some of the stuff I said today, you're like, heard it, you know, so... so uh, you may want to follow this structure, but if you're enjoying it, feel free to just kind of dive into it. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'd be happy to talk with anyone more throughout the next 50 minutes or so. We're open until 9 o'clock, uh, just playing games. We'll put a switch up here. The Super NES is back there. Board games are over there. You can do whatever you want. Uh, at 9 o'clock, we'll, we'll lock up. So thanks, everybody. Can I pray for you? God, I just thank you for a chance to have the weird uh, kind of conversations about aliens and and honestly some of the harder conversations uh, that with a lot of churches just blow up and nobody hears anyone. I thank you that tonight instead um, it was a respectful conversation back and forth trying to understand more about um, where everybody, uh, how we all think and and what you're doing in our lives. And we just pray that we are the gracious, loving examples of 
of a Messiah who is hung on a cross saying, I will die for the rest of you because you are worth it to me. Even when you could have called down legions of angels and done it otherwise. So we are yours, and we just ask that you continue to establish us in uh, your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.